does just hearing the word test get you all freaked out, get you anxious, make you stressed? What if you could approach the next test, the next time you have to take a test, you went in feeling more confident and happy and relaxed? Hi, I'm assistant professor, Dr. Scott Straub, and that's why I created Super Student, Superhuman, because I was once a struggling student, but I learned a few tips that changed everything, not just in school, but in life, changed everything around. And I wanna share some of those tips with you. So let's get started, giddy up. In this episode, I'd like to talk about test-taking skills. I'd like to share about seven tips that you can do, whether you're in second grade or your second year of graduate school. Seven things you can do to approach your next test so you can go in feeling a little bit more confident and relaxed so you can perform better. Now, I always like to start off my podcast talking about how the idea of the podcast came into being. And this podcast started last week. I was teaching my study skills course. I teach a local study skills course at the community college where I teach. And a few students asked me about test taking skills and if I had any tips. And I said, of course I did. But I reflected upon some of my earliest memories, probably part of the reason why tests got me anxious from the literally the very beginning days of my schooling. My very first memory of school was in kindergarten, and you may have heard this before, but we had a little quiz, one of our first little quizzes that I ever had in my entire life. Teacher passed it out. I'm not gonna mention her name, but her name was Mrs. Lewis. And Mrs. Lewis was not very nice, at least that was my perception. Maybe she was, but I didn't think she was a very nice person. And the reason why I thought that is because our first quiz was passed out. I'm sure it was super, super simple, but I was a little confused. So after she went back to the desk and everyone was writing, I asked a neighbor what we needed to do. Well, Mrs. Lewis did not take kindly to me talking to another person during a quiz or a test. And she hollered at me, took my test, ripped it up in front of me, and sent me to the dollhouse for the entire rest of the day. The dollhouse. I was a little boy and no boys ever ventured into the dollhouse. That was a scary place back in those days. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it was pretty scary. And then number two, I didn't even know what a cheater was, but apparently I was really good at it. I'd never been hollered at before in school for anything. So that's my first memory. Fast forward several years, third grade, I was a little boy and I liked to do everything the fastest on the planet. I want to be the fastest human on the planet. Well, in school, I like to be the fastest with everything as well. This served me sometimes, but it did not serve me during tests. One of the first tests that I ever remember taking, it was one of those state tests where there was four choices and you had to bubble it in with a number two pencil. I still have zero idea what would happen if I picked a number one or a number three pencil, but apparently they really like number two pencils. Anyway, I digress. So the test gets handed out. And I decide to be the very first one in my class. We're actually in a big room. All the third graders are in there and I want to be the very first one. So I decided to just bubble in, fill in choice A for all of the answers. I figured, hey, I've got a 25% chance of getting you know everything right. That ain't bad. I wasn't very good at math at that time either. Well, let's just say the teacher and the principal and the guidance counselor and my mom and dad were less amused because the next day I got called into a meeting. Everybody was there. I thought maybe they were going to give me a prize. Well, the prize was they sent me to counseling. They wanted to know why I did the worst of the entire grade level in my on my tests. And I explained it to them and they laughed, but they still sent me to counseling. 
probably not a bad thing. So fast forward to when I started teaching. One last little story. I think you'll like this. I taught sixth grade for a long time and I knew how wrapped up, I knew how anxious I got when I was a student. So what I used to do was anytime we had a test, we had a little ritual. Everyone would come in, we'd calm down, do a few breathing exercises, which absolutely helps. And then I would shut off most of the lights and I had a candle. I called it the candle of knowledge. I would light it. And when the candle was lit, nobody could speak while I was giving the instructions. Nobody at all. I mean, that was the biggest sin in my classroom. Well, I liked the candle of knowledge and I started giving the instructions and I leaned back on my lab table candles behind me. What I didn't realize is that I leaned into the candle and I lit my shirt on fire. Well, one of the little girls in front said, Mr. Sean, I said, oh, I looked at her, said, oh, don't say anything. Oh. I continued on. And finally, a little boy in the back said, shirt's on fire. And you know what? I started smelling something and turns out I lit my shirt on fire. I put a hole in the back of my shirt. I don't know. It was big, about the size of like a small dinner plate. Anyway, I had to put it out with the back of my hand. I ran out of the classroom backwards and down to my buddy's classroom. He taught math. And I said, dude, you got to give me a jacket. Well, first of all, I turned around. I said, is there a hole in my shirt? And he said, oh my goodness, yeah. And he helped put it out. And then he gave me one of those big puffy blue jackets because he didn't have a sweatshirt. And I had to go in for the rest of the day and wear that stinking winter jacket the entire rest of the day. Well, what happened was because I was super cheap, I didn't want to throw out the shirt, so it got in my wash, and about two weeks later, I put it on and wore it to school. And I was walking down the hallway, and all the little kids were laughing at me. And I couldn't understand why everyone was laughing at me. I'm a funny dude. Well, it turns out they could see the big hole in my shirt. So then I had to borrow my buddy's big jacket again and wear it that entire rest of the day because I had a big hole in my shirt. But anyway, those are some of my test-taking stories that really affected my life. So let's talk about seven tips you can do to make you have a more successful test-taking experience. And th these work whether you're in second grade or your second year of graduate school. Tip number one, get there early. Now, not always possible if you're K through 12, you're rushing around, right? You have three and a half, four minutes between classes. But I will tell you, now that I teach college, when I give tests and quizzes, there'll be a handful of students that get there a half an hour early or as soon as they can from their next class. They'll get everything set out. They got their pencils or pens or whatever it might be. They're doing some breathing exercise. They're relaxing. They're looking over their notes. They get there early. And then a whole bunch of other people rush in at the last minute. And I will tell you, the people that get there early, I've actually, I've done a study on this. They get better grades. And I think because they're just more relaxed and more prepared. So whenever possible, get there early. One other quick little story. In college, I didn't always follow this wonderful advice that I'm giving you now. And I got to one of my courses. It was, we had a final. The instructor was really strict and they said, he will lock the door if you show up late. Well, I didn't really believe him. I showed about two or three minutes late. I showed up and he locked the door. And all of my friends, I could see, were, were taking the test. And I could look through that little window. I was staring in there. I don't know if I was crying. I'm sure I was muttering very bad words. And he would not let me in. And I went from an A to a C in about 45 minutes. 
So I learned never to flirt with deadlines if I have a choice. It also helps you relax. Number two, have the supplies ready. I know it sounds silly, but I can't tell you how many times, I'm talking college, we're not talking sixth grade. Students will come with frantically, they'll come up to the desk, do you have a pencil, do you have a pen? I can't believe a college student is unprepared. Having said that, I used to be unprepared, so I understand. But don't let that happen to you. It puts people in a panic state. And research shows when people are panicked, when they're stressed, when they're fearful, stress is just a fancy word for fear, they do not think as well, their cognitive abilities go down, and on tests, that's really, really important. So that was tip number two. Tip number three, and I used to do this, I learned it from a buddy of mine who was a great student. He said, a lot of times if you're in the math classes, the science classes, or formulas, there's maybe a cycle you have to remember. As soon as the test is handed out, if there is somewhere where you can write down information, get all of that stuff that's crammed in your head, get it out. Maybe it's a diagram you draw, or maybe it's a spreadsheet or a flow, whatever it is, or definitions. Quickly write it out. Take one or two minutes, get it out of your head, and then you can reference it for the rest of the test. Not always possible, I understand, to write on a test. They don't always make that available to you. But if you can, I call it a brain dump. If you can brain dump, you will be more relaxed. And one last little anecdote about this, when I did it in one of my uh, college classes, one of my science classes, I actually wrote out the entire chart. It was a very complex chart, but I'd studied it you know, a lot right before the test. So I had it right in my brain in short-term memory and I put it down and the teacher said, wow, I cannot believe you memorized all that. And I was literally just brain dumping so I could answer questions throughout the test. But he was very impressed. He called me aside and he said how impressed he was, how hard I worked. It was just me trying to relax myself. So brain dumping is tip number three. Number four is, this might sound obvious, but you need to read all the directions. Can't tell you how many times I've seen everybody from my sixth grade students to the graduate students that I've taught not read the directions completely and give me wrong choices. You need to take a minute and make sure you know what to do. Sometimes teachers will purposely, which is horrible, I never did this, I've confused people but not on purpose, but teachers will purposely trip students up. They'll put things in the instructions that are a little bit weird if you don't read the whole thing. You'll definitely not get that part right. So you need to take your time and read the instructions. That's tip number four. Tip number five is to find out what's worth the most. This is another thing that I've had the luxury of seeing from the teacher side of the desk, where there'll be something that's worth 10 or 15 or 20%, and I'll see a student spend a majority of the time on that, when really the essay is worth 70 or 80%, 75, whatever it might be, and they should be focusing on that, even if they didn't do that, that first thing, they shouldn't do, focus on the first thing at all because it's worth such a minuscule amount compared to the essay or whatever it might be. So find out what's worth the most and knock it out and then go back in and fill in the other stuff. I've used that a lot in my test taking career and I've seen students do it successfully for a very long time. So that's tip number five. Tip number six is if possible, do a little bit more. I say this a lot in my podcast and in my classes. I'll give you an example. If you have to write an essay and they say to have three references or three points that you have to bring up to justify your answer, 
give them four or four references. Always try to go a little bit above and beyond. And that's not just a test taking tip that works on assignments and essays, but it also works in life. My goodness, try going a little bit above and beyond if you happen to work, if you're an older student or an adult and work, do a little bit more than everybody else. I mean, they might promote you to manager tomorrow. It's amazing how much you'll stand out by doing just this much more, but it certainly works on tests and quizzes if you have the option. If you don't have the option, but there's a bonus question, absolutely do that. Trust me, I've been incredibly lenient when students attempt a bonus question. I've actually made accommodations and, and made sure they got higher grades because they went a little bit above and beyond, even if they messed up some things on the main part of the test. So try to do a little bit more than most other students. And then lastly, look over the test when you're done. Don't just rush up and get back to your seat so you can get out of the class or read a book or whatever it might be. Look over your test. Can't tell you how many times I've looked over my test when I'm taking tests. I just finished graduate school. I just finished my doc doctoral degree. I don't say that to impress you. I say that to impress upon you that I was not a great student for most of my life. And if I could do it, anybody could do it. But I use these tips and a whole bunch more to be successful in school. So look over your test when you're done. See if there's obvious mistakes. I, for one, when I write, I'm dyslexic. I leave out words like you can't believe. It's unbelievable how many words I leave out. I do it when I'm speaking. You probably hear it in my podcast, but I certainly do it when I'm writing. So if you had to write things, I mean, even as little, you know, as, as silly as it sounds, your name on top of the test unbelievable about how many adults will turn something in without the name on top of the test where I'll say, make sure your name's on there and the date I'll take off points and they don't do one or the other. It's unbelievable. What a 55 year old will omit because they didn't look over the test. So those are seven tips that can help you in school. Two little bonus tips and I'll share, I'll go in more detail another time, but Make sure when you're studying, when you first hear the information in class, is research shows that if you look at the information with several times within 24 hours of hearing it for the first time in class, you will remember it way better than if you space out your your learning, your study times. Meaning, if you learn it on a Monday, you hear it in class on a Monday, don't wait till Friday to look at it again. Look at it at least for three minutes on Monday night and then on Tuesday night. And by the time Friday comes around, it won't be nearly as hard because you've, you've got it out of short-term memory and started to solidify it in long-term memory. That's what the research tells us. And I will tell you being a bad student and then a very good student, that tip works. And then my very, very, very last awesomest tip here is to ask for a review session if possible. Now, in the world of online learning, not always easy, but I've had students in my online courses ask me, hey, is there any way we can get on a quick Zoom or do you have a, a review sheet? I've, and I've helped them. But in class, I will tell you that when my student, when I taught science and reading, when a student or students asked me for a review session, I almost never said no. And I would literally, you can't see me unless you're watching this on YouTube, I would literally have the test in front of me. And I would say, 
I have the test in front of me. Let me go over what you need. And I would literally read some or sometimes all of the questions. And I would see maybe 10% of my students writing and maybe another 75 with their arms crossed and maybe writing one or two things. And then a few students just not doing anything at all. Guess who got better grades? The students who paid attention during the review session. How could you not frantically write down every word that comes out of your teacher or your instructor's mouth if literally they tell you they have the quiz or the test in front of them and they are going over what's possibly on that quiz or test? So I hope those tips help you be just a little bit more prepared and relaxed the next time you go to have to take a quiz or a test. Best of luck, everybody. Join us each week wherever you listen to your podcasts, or you can listen on my website, theprofessorscott.com slash podcast, or you can watch it on YouTube, and you can find that YouTube link on my website as well. Once again, that's theprofessorscott.com slash podcast. Stay successful, folks. You got this.